With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Podcast. I'm Pat Fitzmorris, and I'm going to be doing the driving today because my podcast partner, Scott Bogman, isn't here. Bogman is still in Seattle where he was attending MLB's All-Star festivities, but who needs Bogman? I've brought in a special guest co-host this week. It's Dave Heilman of Dynasty Dorks and other fantasy sports and sports gambling outlets. You can find him on Twitter at Dynasty Dorks. Hello, Dave. Thanks for joining me today. How's how's the summer treating you so far? It's going fast. Um, just got back from the Cincinnati uh, Scott Fishbowl live draft, uh, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, you can tell by the voice, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great event. John Bosch, shout out. He did a great job. Outstanding, man. So our subject today is going to be breakout candidates for 2023. So let's dive right in with some breakout candidates at the all-important quarterback position. Dave, hit me with your first QB breakout candidate. Yeah, it's Desmond Ritter. And so Desmond Ritter, uh, there was you know questions whether or not he would be the starter if they would invest in a quarterback during the draft, and they did not. And so th- what they did was they added another weapon to the offense. And I know there's some concern. They've used top 10 picks on offensive weapons and not used them correctly in the past. But Marcus Mariota, Mariota is your quarterback you're kind of limited to the cards that you have in your hand. And so Desmond Ritter came on last year. He was a much more accurate passer. He was very efficient. And you look at the rushing upside that he brings. I look at Ryan Tannehill when he was with Arthur Smith. This guy had 2,180 yards of rushing in college. He had uh, he had 28 rushing uh, touchdowns in college. That's huge for fantasy football. And then he threw 30 passing touchdowns his senior year. So I think this guy... Uh, is going under the radar a little bit, and you can get him very cheap in your super flex drafts. He's basically free in one quarterback drafts, and he's got that rushing upside that that could break him out. Yeah, I like that call, and um, you know, I'm high on Drake London, and part of the reason I'm high on Drake London is because his efficiency really spiked after the Falcons made the switch from Mariota to Ritter last year. I think uh, London averaged like three yards per route run uh, with. Ritter at the end of the season and the guy can run like four or five speed he is a legit running threat so um 
It's going to be really interesting to see how that Falcons offense looks this year. So mine is Trey Lance. And man, I've just, you know, been beating this drum on this podcast for a long time. So, uh, you know, regular listeners are probably going to be sick of hearing about it by now. But this guy is so outrageously cheap for a quarterback who was the third overall pick of the 2021 draft and could potentially be handed the keys to a 49ers offense that's just laden with skill position talent. In 2021, I mean, the plan was always to bring along Lance slowly because he was 21 years old and had essentially played one year at North Dakota State where he was facing lesser competition. But Lance broke his, uh, the index finger on his throwing hand in 2021. Uh, that was in the preseason. He said the injury forced him to change his throwing mechanics. He couldn't grip the ball properly. Made two starts as a rookie when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, and those two starts were neither great nor disastrous. Then Lance was going to get his chance last year, played one game against the Bears in a rainstorm, then broke his ankle in his second start. But uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo also got hurt last year, seventh-round pick Brock Purdy came in, played well, guided the 49ers to a pair of playoff wins. So now Lance is going to have to vault past Purdy on the depth chart and past free agent signee Sam Darnold to win back the job, but I think he's going to get his shot because of the substantial investment the 49ers made in him if he doesn't and if the 49ers are putting their thumbs on the scale for Brock Purdy, who, by the way, uh, played a lot of really bad defenses last year that I think made him look better than he actually might be. If that's the case, then look, you might have to sit on him a year and not get anything, but I think he would get his chance with someone in 2024. you know, we know Lance has the sort of rushing ability that moves the needle for fantasy. He averaged 58 rushing yards in his first three NFL starts, then broke his ankle in the fourth on a designed run for Trey Lance. So uh, Lance has arm talent, too. And, you know, we saw a video in OTAs. It looked like he cleaned up some of the mechanics that might have gone awry with that broken index finger. Um yeah, so I'm I'm bullish here, and the price has plummeted. Are you are you with me on Lance, Dave? Or I mean, he is a polarizing guy in dynasty. I, I you know I won't hate you if you're not with me here. Yeah, he's he's really tough. So with any player, it just comes down to the price, and if you can possibly hedge your bets and and get Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, um, you could end up with two quarterbacks on different teams and. 2024, there's nothing saying they couldn't move on from Brock Purdy if they moved to Trey Lance. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I was surprised Trey Lance didn't get traded this offseason, but Brock Purdy's injury really made things difficult. Um, but yeah, I, we'll see how this class comes next year. Um, but Trey Lance will be on the, you know, be in the last year of his rookie contract minus the fifth year option, and they'll be forced to make a decision on him soon. Yeah. All right, you got another quarterback breakout candidate for me? Yeah, it's uh, Sam Howell. And so, uh, again, looking at these second-year quarterbacks that I honestly thought might be replaced um, in the draft by, you know, Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, and they weren't. And so I know Jacoby Brissett is there, and I think that that's baked into his cost. You're not having to pay a whole lot for Sam Howell, but Sam Howell is another player that brings rushing upside. You look at his last season at North Carolina, 828 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's huge. I'm sure people that play college fantasy football loved it. And then you looked at his one start. I'm not going to try to extrapolate one start and say this is what he's projected to do. But five carries, 35 yards in his one start against the Dallas Cowboys last year. 
So you're looking at a guy that's got a great set of weapons. He's got a pretty bad defense. They're probably going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And you got the rushing upside, and he's going as QB 28, 29 right now. I'm okay with grabbing him, especially if he's my third quarterback, um, and seeing what happens here. Um, I'm excited to see what this Eric B. Enemy offense looks like. They got a good running game, and they have three receivers. They have, Dehan Dotson had seven touchdowns last year. Curtis Samuel, he's he's was looked really good last year coming off of injury, and of course Terry McLaurin. I got Logan Thomas coming back, but uh, I'm really focused on those receivers. So I think he's just he's set up for success with his weapons. He's really intriguing, and uh, granted, the 2021 rookie QB class was not a good one. But Howell had my favorite prospect profile. I mean, he hit the ground running as a freshman at North Carolina in the ACC, a Power 5 conference. And, uh, you know, like two really good seasons right off the bat. A little bit of, you know, either plateauing or slippage in year three after he lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, uh, Deami Brown, Daz Newsome. Tell me, Dave, do you prefer straight up Desmond Ritter or um, Sam Howell? Oof. Uh, I will I will take Desmond Ritter over Sam Howell. I do think they're a better team. And something I didn't mention earlier was just how bad that division is. You're looking at, you know, Tampa Bay could be one of the worst teams in the league. You have Carolina. They were, you know, they were up there as one of the worst teams in the league last year. And then you have the Saints. We'll see what they look like with their car. But I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter. And I love the Bijan Robinson addition take a whole lot of pressure off of him with having a good running game. That was a good running game last year because that offensive line is really good. And they turned Tyler Algier and um, other running backs into, into stars. Um, and you have, you have Cordell Patterson there as well. Yeah. Play action could be really effective with that offense. And um, man, I have Howell ranked one spot ahead of Ritter, but I'm like really torn on that. As I mentioned, I mean, I thought Howell had the best prospect profile in that class, but um, you know, draft capital didn't really agree with Howell being, I think the first pick of the fifth round and Ritter going in the third. So um, yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see how those two two guys do this year uh, are there any rookie quarterbacks you think could like pop right away and, and you know have rookie breakouts Dave yeah I think the only one is Anthony Richardson uh, I know it's kind of low-hanging fruit uh, but Marcus Grant said it, it tastes the same you don't have to work so hard for it and so I just I think the other receipt like the other situations like Bryce Young and um, CJ Stroud really tough situations Will Levis is going to have to have something happen to Ryan Tannehill um, so, yeah, I think Anthony Richardson is the only one that I think has the potential for pickup this year. Yeah. Um, so today's show is all about 2023 potential breakout players. So you're going to hear about some of my favorite targets in Dynasty Leagues. But if you want to see some of the other guys I'm high on, check out an article on my favorite Dynasty startup targets by visiting fantasypros.com slash startup. And by the way, if you enjoy the Fantasy Pros Dynasty podcast and want to interact directly with me and my usual co-host, Scott Bogman, join us for our weekly Discord chat every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, where we will be answering questions each week for premium subscribers. It is a stages event, so not only can you ask us questions with the chat function, you can come up on stage and talk to Bogman and I directly. 
But again, the weekly Dynasty chat with Pat Fitzmorse and Scott Bogman is a premium service. It's only available to premium subscribers. So be sure to subscribe, get access to all our great tools and content, and come hang out with me and Bogman. All right, on to running backs, Dave. Give me your first breakout candidate. It's Alexander Madison. And I know we've been waiting a long time. He's been like that premier handcuff that everyone gets. If you've got Dalvin Cook, you always just had to go around and double up with Alexander Madison. But when Dalvin Cook was out, they turned to Madison. This offseason, he signed a pretty good contract for running backs these days. And it's a two-year deal. And it had all the writing on the wall that Dalvin Cook would be out. He had 77% of the carries when Dalvin Cook was out. He was his third-round draft capital. When In the six games that Dalvin Cook was out, Alexander Madison has stood in there as a solid fantasy option. 18.13 points per game in .5, 20 points per game in PPR. And he's had 4.5 targets. That's a seventh. His target share would rank seventh amongst running backs. So Alexander Madison, and there are some haters out there that are keeping the price in check, which is great because I like Madison. Can I say 100% confidence that he's going to get a Dalvin Cook type of workload? I don't know. But with the price it's at, I think he's a solid RB2 with RB1 upside. Yeah, it's really unknowable how the Vikings are going to operate that backfield with Dalvin Cook on, whether Madison is going to be you know, a workhorse sort of uh, the head of a committee or just if it's going to be like a full-blown committee where, you know, it kills the value of everyone. But um, here's some pressure, Dave. If if you had to uh, make a pick here, who would you bet out of the guys behind him? Ty Chandler, uh, rookie Dwayne McBride, Kenny Wongwu. Who do you think is going to be the number two in terms of fantasy value this year? Yeah, I was going through this, and I would probably just take the, the cheapest guy in ADP if I were to get them on my team because um, it is difficult. Um, Ty Chandler has some speed, um, but I go along with I like the size um, as well as the quickness, his ability to catch out of the backfield. Um, Dwayne McBride, I like him, but I was really disappointed in the draft capital. Um, he hasn't shown us that he can catch the ball, so even if he does get some playing time, is he going to get – valuable touches in the passing game or things like that so um i'll take I'll, I'll take him yeah definite passing game limitations for mcbride but potentially goal line usage um you know i like uh, chandler i guess chandler would be my pick just because i think he has a chance to be their designated passing down guy but man wong Wu, that guy gets the ball he looks like he has been shot out of a cannon like he is fun to watch you know maybe he's never anything but a kick returner primarily but um Man, I'd love to see that guy get a chance to to show his stuff in the backfield. His size is what stands out because you see how fast he is, you hear about how fast he is, and then you're like, wait a minute, this guy's six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. Like, right? Uh, yeah, like he's a he's a big guy for how fast he is, and yeah, he is absolutely explosive. Yeah. So mine is Cam Akers, and you know this is a guy who I think could definitely jump up a, a tier or two um, in in twenty twenty three. He led the NFL in rushing over the final six weeks of the 2022 regular season and ranked running back four and a half point PPR scoring over that stretch. Um, more than 100 rushing yards in each of his last three games. Akers doesn't have a lot of competition in the Rams' backfield. I mean, I know some people see Zach Evans being this uh, existential threat to Cam Akers' primacy in that backfield, but, you know, Evans was a late sixth round pick. So uh, the hit rate for late sixth rounders 
not great. And you've got Kyron Williams there. He's small and slow. Uh, I don't see him as, as being much of a threat. And if we see Rams head coach Sean McVay lean on Akers the way he used to lean on Todd Gurley, I mean, we could really be cooking with gas here with Akers, who's now two years removed from that uh, devastating Achilles injury he sustained in his rookie year. So um, going into his age 24 season, still time for Akers to pop. I'm optimistic that uh, this is going to be his breakout year. All right, who's next for you, Dave? Uh, it's Mr. J.K. Dobbins. And so throughout his career, he's been a, a solid back, um, but health has definitely been, you know, concern. Uh, 14 points per game when he gets 10-plus touches. Um, as far as true yards per carry, before the ACL, he was first. Breakaway, breakaway percentage, first. Third in yards per touch. Fifth in elusiveness, seventh in fantasy points per touch. This is before the ACL. So after the ACL, how does he look? Second in elusiveness, third in breakaway percentage, fourth in true yards per carry, ninth in yards per touch. And we know that when he came back, he he saw the big run and he had to run out of bounds, had a little hitch in his giddy up. He looked a lot better through the last four games of the season. And you saw he he was one of the best running backs in the league those last four weeks. That's really good as far as seeing him be healthy. And that's the most important thing. So he goes into this year healthy. And I think the offensive, um, with, with Todd Monken being there, it's going to be a more fast-paced offense, more attempts, more opportunities, and more goal line work for Dobbins. Yeah, like I haven't been ready to shove all the chips in on J.K. Dobbins. I think I might have him on like one of my dynasty leagues. Um, but, man, you said it. When he came back initially, and it, I, I don't think it was in week one. I don't think he was ready till week two or week three last year. But yeah, he was still kind of limping, and it's like, oh no, is this guy ruined forever? But then he went in and had that cleanup surgery. And when he came back from that, after missing like six weeks, uh, I mean, it looked like the old J.K. Dobbins that we saw and were so impressed by at Ohio State. So hopefully he is back to being that guy. And uh, yeah, Lamar's back. Could be wheels up for J.K. Dobbins in 2023. So uh, I'll stay in the AFC North and go with a guy who's a little further under the radar, Jerome Ford. And so with the uh, Ravens, or excuse me, Browns, seemingly disinterested in bringing back the unsigned Kareem Hunt, um, Ford is expected to be Nick Chubb's primary backup. Not a lot of competition for him there. And we know Chubb has had some significant knee injury knee injuries in the past. Um, Ford ran for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns in his final year at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, though he doesn't have quite the power Nick Chubb has, Ford's a pretty powerful dude. It's like 210 pounds, and he will absolutely run through arm tackles. He's got a physical style. This is a potentially valuable asset, and he is very cheap in dynasty formats right now. All right, Dave, who's next for you? Actually, that's uh, I'm going to the receivers. Oh, is it? Were we were we going to talk about Rashad White at all? Or uh... I my mistake. I was going to talk about Rashad White. Okay, yeah, let's do that because he's kind of one of my guys too. I mean, I loved his skill set last year. Yeah, no, my apologies. Yeah, Rashad White is you know you talk about not having any competition in the backfield. There's nobody. I'm going to get Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Sean Tucker. As much as I was excited about Sean Tucker, um, the draft capital, he didn't get drafted at all. And Rashad White, 
he is another guy that profiles as a pass catcher. And so you're looking at somebody that could have a three down skill set. They really turned to him after the bye week last week and gave him the keys. And, you know, you, you know, the offensive line had some shuffling around that needed to be done last year. Uh, I think they lean a little bit on Rashad White with the, the quarterback situation. And, and he's someone that could really get a, a large, large share of the workload here. Yeah. Just the fact that he was able to have such a big role last year in that offense when Tom Brady was running it, because um, it was pretty important with Tom Brady at quarterback, completely immobile uh, at age, you know, 58 or whatever he was last year that uh, it, they had a guy who could protect him and be a viable dump off target because, you know, Brady did not like holding onto the ball and he would dump it off in a heartbeat if he was under duress. So, um, you know, even though Leonard Ford added more targets and more catches, uh, White was a pr- pretty prolific pass catcher in year one. And like, that's just a, a skill that's going to age well in Dynasty. So he's going to be valuable for a long time, even if he does have competition, even if the Buccaneers were to be the, you know, surprise signers of Dalvin Cook, or if they brought in Zeke Elliott or, or re-signed Fournette, like, uh, I still think White would be a pretty, you know, pretty viable fantasy back this year. And uh, long term, he's just going to hold his value because of that mature skill set. Um, you know, since we did talk about potential breakouts for rookie quarterbacks, I'll ask you the same thing about the running backs, Dave. And, and we'll skip past Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, uh, you know, top 12 picks. I think everyone expects big things from them in year one. Any of the rookies you think could maybe surprise us? I, I know, like, none of these guys are walking right into workhorse roles uh, besides Bijan and, you know, Gibbs will have a pretty substantial role too. But is there anyone you really like and think could be an under-the-radar gem in this rookie class? Uh it is tough um, because all of them, you know, they appear to be buried on the depth chart and a lot of them behind some really good backs. Um, so Kendra Miller is interesting with the Alvin Kamara suspension possible. Um, we would think Jamal Williams would probably step in, but Kendra Miller could get some work. Um, but Rashawn Johnson, I, mean, I think it could be an open competition there. Um, you look at Khalil Herbert, is the he's currently the back. And then you have Deonta Foreman, who they brought over on a one-year deal. Herbert would be a, a free agent in two seasons. But they used fourth-round draft capital on Rashawn Johnson. And I think that does speak volumes in how they think about him. I was at the Combine, and they, there was a lot of talk about teams viewing him as a number one. And he does have, even though he's huge, he's you know he's six foot two, 225, 230 pounds, he still has a pass-catching skill set. I'll never forget the play. Texas actually put Bijan Robinson on one sideline and put Roshan Johnson on the other sideline, and it was just flexing um, the, the talent they had at the running back position. So I'll give Rashawn Johnson my um, potential sleeper rookie um, breakout. Yeah, he, uh, you know, Bijan's backup, but he was very well regarded in Austin. And, um, you know, he's going to work his way into the mix, I think, in Chicago right away. Um, yeah, my guy's Devon A-Chain. I think listeners of this show uh, know how I feel about A-Chain. Like, yes, he's small, and I know a lot of people turn their noses up at sub 200-pound running backs. But, man, I think he can be the next Warwick Dunn. Like, this dude's 
obviously blazing speed, 4.32 at the combine, but remarkable contact balance for a smaller guy. And he averaged 23.2 touches a game for Texas A&M last year. So um, really kind of crossing my fingers that the Dolphins do not sign Dalvin Cook. But even if they do, I'm, I'm high on A-Chain and Dynasty. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, all right, before I move on with the show, I want to announce the winner of the autographed Deontay Johnson Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com. It's Hunter Meeker. Hunter, please get in touch with our customer support agents at mailbag at fantasypros.com with your mailing address and proof of your subscription to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel, and we will get that jersey shipped out to you ASAP. Again, the winner is Hunter Meeker. Congratulations, Hunter. Our next giveaway is for a free Ultimate Custom Championship belt from our friends at Trophy Smack. To win, all you have to do is subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel, comment on this video, and that's it. And if you love our content, please give us a like and click that bell to get notified each time a new video drops. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. All right, on to the critical wide receiver position, Dave. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I always like to build through the wide receiver position in Dynasty. Who's your first breakout candidate for 2023? Yeah, and this guy's probably been on everybody's breakout list for three years. Um, but it's Jerry Judy and in Sean Payton, I trust. Um, Sean Payton has had thousand yard receivers, um, Lance Moore was a thousand yard receiver. Brandon Cooks did it twice. Michael Thomas four times. Uh, Jimmy Graham twice. You have Marcus Colston six times. Um, this guy turned Devery Henderson into a fantasy football star. 
Um, Sean Payton knows what he's doing. He's building the offensive line, so he has the foundation for his house. And this guy, in 11 out of his 15 seasons, had a top five offense. This guy's also had a top one offense. And this is a team that every single thing that you could have gone bad last year did. And so Jerry Judy last year at the end of the season really started to develop some chemistry with Ross. It was addition by subtraction with Hackett being out of there. He was 15.5 points per game at the end of the season last year, which is pretty good. Um, and if he can keep that up, I think he's going to be the, the number one in that offense. And, um, you know, as far as, you know, as, as far as um, Jerry Judy, we know he's got the first round draft capital. We know he's got the talent. That's never been the question. It's just always been really bad quarterback play. You know, Drew Locke spraying the ball everywhere or QB injuries. Yeah, we didn't get quite the full Jerry Judy breakout last year, but we got a little taste of it for sure. The the hors d'oeuvre, the amuse bouche, um, and I I hope we get the uh, you know the main entree this year because he is exciting and like he's got two ways to win. The guy's a really good route runner and he's terrific after the catch. So I'm I'm enthusiastic about him and like you said, man, the uh, the Sean Payton uh, arrival. And thanks for the trip down memory lane, by the way, with Lance Moore and Devery Henderson. That that was fun to uh, you know remember those guys for fantasy. Um, my guy is Jahan Dotson, and um, in twelve games last year, seven touchdowns and five top twenty uh, scoring weeks at the wide receiver position. I mean, he's really fast for four speed and and plays to it. Uh, good route runner, great after the catch, and. Like Tyreek Hill for a smaller receiver, he is like punching above his weight in contested catch situations. He will go up and get it. Uh, yes, Terry McLaurin is there too. And, you know, the unproven Sam Howell at quarterback. But while the ecosystem might not allow for a wide receiver one season this year, I do think he has like that in his range of outcomes. Um, maybe not this year, but 2024 and beyond. I'm excited about Dotson's career trajectory, and I do think, you know, there are going to be multiple wide receiver one seasons ahead of him. All right, who's next for you, Dave? Mr. Elijah Moore. And so Elijah Moore had a little bit of a, a mini breakout his rookie season. He had a six-week span where he had six touchdowns in six weeks, 459 yards. Good receivers are able to do that. If you're not a good receiver, you're not going to be able to just miraculously do that in the NFL. And he gets, gets a QB upgrade and gets a new town. Um, he needed a new change of scenery last year. They asked him, hey, what about your uh, chemistry with Zach Wilson? He was like, I don't get the ball. So, like, what, what do you mean to do? Um, I know this guy struggles a little bit with uh, with the, the run blocking. And part of that caused some tension with the coaching staff. But the Cleveland Browns, are they, they invested a high pick. They could have drafted a lot of these rookie receivers in the middle, like I think it was pick 42, in the middle of the second round, and they decided, I want Elijah Moore instead. And so that tells me there's confidence in him. He goes in and immediately starts at their slot receiver um, position, and I I'm excited for Elijah Moore this year, and I, I just can't believe that he's, uh, his price tag, people are still sour on him, and so um, he's he's super cheap. Yeah, I mean, that little taste we got from him in 2021, which he was basically doing with what Mike White mostly is his quarterback at the time. Um, yeah, there might have been some other quarterbacks in the mix during that 
great stretch for him. I can't remember, but man, if we get something close to uh, the version of Deshaun Watson that we saw when he was in Houston this year, I mean, there is a, a high ceiling for Elijah Moore, and he's pretty cheap in Dynasty right now, Dave, like cheaper than he should be without question. Um, all right, I'm going to go to Traylon Burks. And yes, my enthusiasm would be somewhat diminished if the Titans do sign um, DeAndre Hopkins, as has been rumored. But look, even if they sign DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, it, it's still only like an average, still maybe a below average wide receiver room. I mean, they just don't have much at all on the roster. It's like uh, right now it's Traylon Burks, it's Kyle Phillips, it's Nick Westbrook-Akine. Um, it, it is sparse. So, um, you know, like Burks... We didn't get to see much of him last year as a rookie. Uh, 11 regular season games and 393 snaps. Had some interesting flashes, but the sample size was really just too small for us to draw any firm conclusions here. But we do know that Burks was a big-time producer at uh, the University of Arkansas when he was there. That he is 6'2 and 224 pounds. So this guy has uh, you know, a real man's body here. And he is hard to tackle when he's got the ball in his hands. So... We also know the Titans spent mid-first round draft capital on him, so he's going to get every opportunity to succeed. Uh, how do you feel about Burks, Dave? Like, he's he's another guy, I don't know, I feel like some people are still a little bit lukewarm on him. Other people are just, you know, they're, they're doing depth chart scouting and seeing that there's not much else there, and that's why they're high on him. That's really not the sole reason I'm high on him. I mean, I, I like the fact that he has a clear path to targets, but um, I don't know, how do you feel about the player generally? Yeah, I like the player. Uh, I think he's, he's you know, he led all the entire class in yards after catch coming in. Um, and that's really his specialty. And, you know, he just didn't really have, uh, he didn't have an ideal rookie season. You know, we had the asthma and things that, that really hampered his development in the early season. And then he had that injury. And so it really threw him off. But, he, I mean, he's the number one on his team. And so, um, again, it comes down to the price. My only concern with him is that a lot of people are on him. And so I did a dynasty price check. If you look up dynasty price check, Traylon Burks on Twitter, you're going to see it. And I was like, wow, you can get Jerry Judy plus. You can get Calvin Ridley plus for, for Traylon Burks. He's, he is an expensive player, and that would be my only concern. But I do like the player. And if you have him on your roster, I'm not selling him for cheap because I do think, you know, especially when they get more uh, around this team, and he's already the, the number one on the team. Great draft capital. They've already invested highly in him. And uh, sky's up for him. All right, Dave, your last pick at wide receiver for breakout candidate. Yeah, and, and I apologize if this one was too easy. But, you know, Garrett Wilson was not a top 12 receiver. He did hit the 1,000-yard mark. Um, but he did all of this with just a random quarter. You had Joe Flacco. You had Zach Wilson. You had Mike White. You also had another another guy. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, this guy led his class in fantasy points per game, success versus man versus press, and PFF graded him as the best receiver in his class. And I think all of us would do the same. This guy runs like a gazelle. He's he's just always open. And as far as you know, his uh, in college it was the same thing. And his route running premise and his instincts just really translated to the NFL. And you get someone like Aaron Rodgers to come over there. And Aaron Rodgers is, yeah, he, he gives the rookies a hard time. I get it. Garrett Wilson's not a rookie. He does not play like a rookie. 
Aaron Rodgers is not a dummy. He's going to throw to the guy that's open, and Garrett Wilson's always open. Yeah, that other um, quarterback who Garrett Wilson was catching passes from, in addition to Zach Wilson and Mike White, the elite Joe Flacco, Dave. Almost forgot about him. Uh, So, yeah, like I'm excited about him. And, boy, it's really exciting to think about the possibility of Garrett Wilson getting Devontae Adams-type targeting from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, yes, Aaron Rodgers might not be the same quarterback he was five, ten years ago. but he's still pretty good. I mean, like, as a, a Green Bay Packers fan myself, I still feel pretty confident about, you know, Rodgers' ability to throw into tight windows uh, to, you know, make throws that most other quarterbacks still can't make. Like, the passing talents are still just off the charts. So, um, you know, and, and not a lot here otherwise. I mean, it's like Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, uh, Corey Davis for the time being. So, yeah, it's. Uh, possible path to 140-ish targets for Garrett Wilson this year. That's really exciting. Um, all right, I've got one more wide receiver to give you guys, but I have to do one uh, one other bit of business here. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform that lets you build and manage your fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go and see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's really not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online's front office format is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. So, Think you're among the fantasy elites? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your GM skills for free in a mock mock auction. And if you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, my last wide receiver, Dave, is Kadarius Tony, And, uh... All right, look, I know some people are going to be rolling their eyes if they've invested in Kadarius Toney the last two years because he has dealt with a litany of injuries, just one body part after another. Pretty much every uh, entire part in his body has been hurt at one point or another, and he even got COVID twice uh, in the same season. But yes, um, this dude does have blazing speed and incredible change of direction ability. He's just an extraordinary athlete, and it it's visible to the naked eye when he is playing football. Um, So now he is going to be entering the season healthy, hopefully. And, um, you know, if he can play something close to a full season in offense with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Andy Reid designing the plays, we could get something close to a hundred catch, 10 touchdown season out of him. And I, this guy has drawn targets at such a freakishly high rate He has drawn a target on 17.3% of the snaps he's played in the NFL. 77 targets on 445 regular season snaps. Kind of a small sample size, but not that small. And just to put that 17.3% figure into perspective, Justin Jefferson, who led the NFL in targets last year, he drew a target on 17.1% of his snaps last year. So... 
Tony is on the field. Tony is getting the ball. Here's hoping he can stay on the field more often this year. And again, in Dynasty, he's cheap because of all the injuries. I highly recommend that people try to get their hands on this guy. Um, all right, Dave, the rookie breakout question again. It's an interesting rookie class. A lot of intriguing guys here, but no one like assured of being in a situation where they're going to be able to pop right away as rookies. Uh, who do you think could? I would say the most likely would be Jordan Addison. Um, you know, you have you do have KJ Osborne there, but Adam Thielen out, Jordan Addison there. And I just I really like route runners and how they translate to the league. And you're looking at guys that can move around. You know, he's played in the slot, he's played outside in, in different offenses at Pittsburgh and at USC. And he's got Kirk Cousins, who perennially, you know, perennially is a, a five thousand yard passer, um, usually thirty touchdowns. And so that production's gotta go somewhere. Justin Jefferson is going to get a large portion, but he's not going to get all of it. And so you're going to have TJ Hawkinson, you're going to have Justin Jefferson, and then who's next? And so if, if Jordan Addison can be that next guy, then I think he could, you know, possibly sneak into to wide receiver two territory. Um, you know, as far as a, you know, a wide receiver one, I don't see it in this class, but I, I do think you're going to see solid wide receiver two production from Jordan Addison as soon as this year. Yeah, I do think Addison is probably the best bet to pop right away in this rookie class. Some other interesting guys, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba could do it. Uh, Zay Flowers, uh, Quentin Johnson, the other first rounders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think Addison is probably best situated to pop right away. All right, let's turn to tight end, Dave. Who do you got? Well, uh, Jig. And so everyone's talking about Jig right now. And if you look at, I know this is another small sample size kind of a guy but if you do any research looking at the advanced stats on pff you cannot ignore that this guy just keeps popping up and so you look at targets per route run leaders last year this is all pass catchers tyree kill Monroe st brown cooper cup kyle pitts chigaconquo like he is in that in that category yards per route run leaders tyree kill aj brown chig Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle. When you're putting yourself in these conversations, even though it's a small sample size, you have to take notice to this. And then you talked about the vacated targets and you talk about the possibility. If you're looking for a top 12 tight end, really you have, if you check the box of 100 targets, you're in the club. Like it's almost a lock. You're going to be a top 12 tight end. Cole Komet was not that good last year. But he just happened to be the number two target on on a, a team that didn't even pass the ball that much. It was top ten tight end. So Chig is he could easily be a top ten tight end this year and not even do too much. Um, but you're looking at a guy that yards per route run. It was the highest out of the tight ends period. And this guy's also a beast after the catch. So uh, Chig could be a top ten tight end this year. He is a beast after the catch, indeed. Like, he is one of the rare tight ends who feels, like, really dangerous with the ball in his hands. I mean, obviously, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, who's, you know, one of the hardest guys to tackle in the league. You know, a handful of other guys, maybe Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, uh, not too many others. Chig with the ball in his hands is exciting, and we saw that last year. I can't wait. And, you know, as we were talking about with Traylon Burks, even if DeAndre Hopkins does end up in Tennessee, like, you know, it's still not a super stacked group of pass catchers. I think Chig is still going to see plenty of targets. Um, it's sort of in the same vein, a guy who was a rookie last year. I like Jelani Woods of the, the Colts. Um, 
just this sweeping wingspan for the six foot seven Jelani Woods and can really move for a big man too. Like he's fast, uh, factoring in his weight, his 4.61 time in the 40 at last year's NFL scouting combine gave him an 88th percentile speed score, according to our friends at playerprofiler.com. And as noted by my colleague, Andrew Erickson, Woods was second among tight ends in yards per route run over the final six games of the 2022 season. Uh, his rookie usage was kind of sporadic, granted, but Woods did see at least four targets in five of his last six games, and he had an eight-catch, 98-yard performance against the Steelers in Week 12. I'm really excited about him as potentially, like, the Colts' tight end. We've seen them cycle through, like, this goulash of tight ends the last few years with Mo Ali Cox and, and Kylan Granson and some of these other guys. I'd love to see Jelani just seize that job and run with it. All right, Dave, anyone else for you at the tight end position? Yeah, I'll skip straight to the rookie question, Dalton Kincaid. And so uh, I'm looking through Mike Clay's projections and, and talking about them on my show. And it, what stood out to me was the Bills depth chart. And I remember how they they lost in the, in the playoffs, part of it with bad offensive line play. But they really struggled on the second half of the season with getting the ball to somebody else not named Stephon Diggs. And the defenses just really took Diggs away. And it really slowed down the Buffalo Bills. And they needed to address that. So they tried to trade up and get ahead of this wide receiver run in this draft class. They were unable to do so. The Tennessee Titans tried to trade into the first round so maybe they could get Will Levis. Bills were like, no, we have to go get – we have to get a, a weapon. And they got Dalton Kincaid. And so you look at this this depth chart. You have Gabriel Davis as the wide receiver two. Khalil Shakir is the wide receiver three currently. And so there is a world where Dalton Kincaid operates in that – in that role as the slot and could end up being the second in targets on this team from Josh Allen. And this is a guy, when you talk about tight ends, you're looking for air yards. When you talk about elite tight ends, like yes, hundred targets is going to get you in the top 12 club. But if you want to have elite production, you're looking for guys that can get a thousand air yards. And if you look at any highlights from Dalton Kincaid, he's making athletic acrobatic catches on the middle and second and third tier of defenses 30 yards down the field. This guy is a slot receiver in a tight end body. Yeah, Kincaid is, uh, you know, by far the most exciting of a really exciting tight end class. I mean, we could see other guys. We could see Sam Laporta be involved right away for the Lions. We could see Michael Mayer carve out a big role for himself right away with the Raiders. Uh, you know, the Packers have two rookies with uh, uh, Tucker Craft and uh, Luke Musgrave. Like, this is an exciting class, and, and boy, next year with Brock Bowers coming in, who's maybe even a better prospect than Kyle Pitts was, like, maybe there's some hope for this perennially disappointing position. And, you know, we always talk ourselves into thinking tight end is a deep position, Dave, but, like, then, you know, guys flop. But there are some other young guys I'm kind of interested in as, as possible breakout candidates this year. Isaiah Likely. I mean, it, it would probably take Mark Andrews missing some time for Likely to really pop. But man, like the little taste we got from him last year was pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm a University of Wisconsin homer, but Jake Ferguson, like I know the Cowboys drafted Luke Schoonmaker on day two, but Schoonmaker is, I think he's going to be a blocking tight end. And, uh, you know, Ferguson is a, a pretty good pass catcher. We, we saw a little of that last year. Wouldn't surprise me if he became like their primary pass catching tight end and had a surprising season. 
So, um, and that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. I want to thank Dave Heilman for being my co-pilot this week and playing the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to my Peter Graves. Uh, sorry if some of you younger people don't get that reference. If not, go watch Airplane. Classic comedy movie. Uh, so, Dave, before we get out of here, can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, at Dynasty Dorks on all my social media. That's one word, Dynasty Dorks. I work for Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I just have an article that just dropped today. One dynasty value per AFC team. I'll be doing the NFC. I'll write that up tonight. So thanks again for the opportunity. Yeah, of course, Dave. And I'm Pat Fitzmaurice. You can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Thanks for checking out the show, my friends. Really appreciate you. Uh, Scott Bogman will be back in the driver's seat next week, but uh, you should probably check out the show anyway. Just kidding, Bogman. Love you, buddy. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.